This episode is brought to you by Kelowna Brewing Company. If you live in Eastern Iowa, make sure to swing by Kelowna Brewing Company's tap room. Amazing food and amazing craft beer. If you live in Central Iowa or in the Midwest, swing by your local supermarket and see if they carry the Kelowna Brewing Company line of beer. And also swing by your local restaurants, local bars, see if they have Kelowna Brewing Companies on tap. If not, make sure you guys request it. You, I kid you not, you won't regret that. Other than that, enjoy this episode, guys. Thank you for joining us at uh, Beerfish Fanatics. And this episode is actually brought to you by Whisker Seeker Tackle. So make sure you guys go to whiskerseeker.com for all your catfishing gear. Enjoy the episode, guys. Oh, that's funny, kid. Love it, love it, man. Um, all right, let's get it. Got my beer ready. I'm gonna try a new beer today, kid. So I'll show you in a second. But all right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Beer Fish Fanatics. This is Grandy with my pop fishing. We got Kit with the fishing kit YouTube channel. And today, this is gonna actually just uh so everybody knows this is our hundredth I couldn't even speak hundredth episode. This is kind of a special hundredth episode that we 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 somehow still survived. I don't know. I, people still listen to us, at least maybe a couple, but uh, we figured who better than to have on than, you know, somebody who's been on before. Um, thank you very much, Mr. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Siemens. <laughs> uh, Thanks Jimmy, for having me. Catch and cook. No, just kidding. It's, it's Jay Siemens. If you guys haven't seen, uh, you know, obviously his YouTube channel and everything, go check that out. But uh, he's gracious enough to to come back here and, you know, and hang out with the, uh, what, what do we say, Kate? We're the, the most um, underground, underground, scuffed up podcast. We, like we're, we're big fans of Taro. Like, <laughs> yeah. that guy's freaking hilarious, man. Taro's uh, awesome. Yeah. 100. So. Cheers. Cheers to 100. Uh, oh, number 100. That's that's impressive. I say, like, a lot of podcasts, they they kind of fade out. They do a couple. They realize how much work it is. And uh, yeah, 100. What, what number podcast was I on last time? You were on 19. Oh wow! So you were that was towards towards the start. Yeah, it was it was it, you you gave us a shot, man, and then you came back and still giving us another shot. So that's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> I'll do it a third time. There we go. Oh, love shit. it. Love it. A uh, quick shout out to our sponsor, Kelowna Brewing Company. I'm actually trying the new. It's called the Bull Town uh, Brown Ale. It's a brown ale, obviously. <laughs> Six point two alcohol content on this one. I haven't tried this one, so I'm going to try this one. What do you got, Kit? I got the double night vision. Belgian style ale double. Ooh, yeah. And today, oh, you know what? I just remembered, Jay, uh, last time you didn't have a beer, you had a, well, previously before you jumped on, you had a shot of um, Fireball. <laughs> That's what it was. Okay, well, this is this is a fantastic beer. This is uh, Lake of the Woods Brew Co., the only brewery in Kenora on Lake of the Woods. Okay. And uh, it's called Forgotten Lake, and it's, uh, it's a blueberry ale, Ooh. and 7.1%. Um, Ooh, and it's got okay. a fair amount of sugar in it too so it's the type of beer where you know like one one is often great you know if you uh if you have a, a couple of these it'll give you uh it'll give you a headache but there they're, they're delicious i would i would say it's one of the most popular beers in town and these these guys are shipping all over the place so it's cool did they it's, ship to uh, the I mean, the u.s did they ship to the u.s at all uh they uh they have a brewery on the south end of lake of the woods uh in warroad which is in minnesota so i'm assuming i don't know if they ship it but i know there's a, a restaurant or taps there at least so 
Gotcha. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Cheers. This is definitely a good brown ale. Highly recommend it if anybody's here in Central Iowa. It's really, really darn good. Yeah, it's a a dark beer for sure. (laughs) Looks like root beer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But since, you know, obviously the last time we had Jay on, uh, a lot of things have happened. I guess everything from we're not super scuffed that we we have better equipment you can probably hear us a little bit better jay you guys got the green screens now this is fantastic yeah, right now you're seeing my messy office behind me yeah we, we even got sponsors we're like what the hell who the hell That's wants great. to sponsor us that was everyone, crazy everyone needs a beer sponsor you're right <laughs> i'm not gonna lie it, it was probably one of the best things that's ever happened to us so <laughs> it's pretty cool man but you on the other hand you've also been a busy man man so it's kind of cool to for you to jump on real quick i know uh number one I, I want to say this because, you know, I got four daughters, so I want to say congratulations. Thank you. I know you have a, a new baby on the way. Uh, when's uh, the baby due? Baby boy is due uh, June 12th. Ooh, so coming up. It's it's coming up. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. You know, I, I think uh, <laughs> right now I'm in like the middle of planning some trips and I'm just like, I'm trying to leave a big buffer, but I'm like, oh, if I'm, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't, I can't miss it. I got, I got to be there, but I'm just <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm like, is four weeks safe? Cause you hear stories of people having babies four weeks out and you know, it's, it's, uh, I hear the first kid is often typically on the later side, but like, I haven't done any research. Sam, Sam spits out, uh, you know, birthing and pregnancy facts all the time. Like my mind is blown by some of the stuff she tells me and I, I, I won't, you know, repeat it on, on the podcast um just but yeah it's like i, I find i yeah I, I found out that i knew not very much about pregnancy basically not good. <laughs> well it's, it's not a, something i've like researched in my spare time so. don't worry it's, it's one of those things there's no manual you're gonna learn to shit on your own as you yeah. trust that's you know from from experience but um I, I, my biggest advice to, to give you is uh, make sure you sleep now Get yeah. as get as much sleep as you can now because your days of sleeping in, my friend, uh, oh. most most likely is going to be gone for for the next couple I'm of years. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, Sam's more of a morning person. I'm more of an evening person. Hopefully, there's some that works, but I don't know. I don't know if that will. We'll see. I mean. <laughs> Sam's no. gonna run. Sam's gonna run the show. We know. There you go. Mother, you, you could know what's going on. You could say all the stuff you want, but you you already know who's running the show. Oh yeah. so do you have a name picked out yet we do have a name i i think i think uh i'll leave that for sam whenever she wants i don't know if people share it or whatever but i think we've we have a name picked so i won't uh cool as as important as a hundredth podcast is i wouldn't uh, wouldn't expect you to i won't announce it here but i mean my 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 vote was jimmy i was yes start and she's like, Jay, you can't have a funny name. And I'm like, well, it can be funny. Jimmy's funny. And then she's like, well, then he's just going to be called James. I'm like, no, I want his name to say Jimmy on his birth certificate, on his passport to say Jimmy. But uh, it's it's yeah. not going to be Jimmy. But I'm, uh, I'm rooting for Jimmy. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the second one will be Jimmy. There we go. There we go. In, in case anybody's wondering, because uh, Jimmy came, did it, it came from Tarot, didn't it? Yeah, me and, uh, me and Tarot and... Uh, Paul Castellano when we were filming 39 hours season two uh, I don't even know we we're just we we're out for dinner or something he just started calling me Jimmy and it just it just stuck he was just calling me Jimmy Jimmy Seahawk and it was like some character or something but he called me <laughs> Jimmy Seahawk and then just Jimmy for short 
and it just it hasn't stopped and then other people are calling me jimmy and like and then he he like he calls it he calls catch and cook jimmy's perch powder and that and people just like man it's so funny because like people just latch onto the stuff taro says like the scuffed up he throws so much stuff if you guys haven't heard of taro Murata, check out his youtube channel he just hit ten thousand subscribers which is amazing mm-hmm. um he's so wacky and he's like so good to film with but also so bad to film with because he talks <laughs> 10 times a normal person's dialogue and he just throws so much crap at the wall that eventually something sticks so there's so much stuff he says and it's like you just shake your head and then he says something like that's just it's it sticks and it's funny and yeah so yeah, yeah. for sure for sure i know exactly what you're talking about because when we had him on for the second time he was just going off the rails, walking around his house. And he was like eating the whole time too. Like, oh my God, how, how, like, what are we going to do with this podcast? Okay. Here's the craziest fact about Taro that nobody knows. He has a, deg- a degree in psychology. Mm. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you talked to him with the right stuff. He's got some deep thoughts, but then sometimes you're like, man, this kid is like a four, five-year-old stuck in it. In a four-year-old's body. <laughs> that, is, that is awesome. No, uh, no, no, huge shout out to him. No, congratulations on, on 10K. And then uh, another milestone uh, was you, man. You you went over the 100K. So that was awesome. 100K, yeah. It was uh, something that, I don't know, you don't want it. As much as I, anyone might say, oh, it's you don't you don't care about the numbers. It's like, it's something you look at. It's right at the top of the YouTube thing. And you're always seeing the analytics when you log into YouTube. So it's like tough not to look at the numbers and, that was a number that like, you know, that's when you get the first silver play button and it's like, it's, it's a, it's a milestone. Right. So mm-hmm. that's something I was excited for. And now I'm not pressing refresh on it quite as much, you know, and now <laughs> I, I'm just like, okay, we did that. It was, it was, it was a goal. And uh, now it's like, you know, what's, what's next, but yeah. Yeah. No, that's um no huge. Congratulations. That's a, that's a big thing to a milestone to hit. And, uh, another thing that I, you know, that I, I saw that you did, cause this is, it's important to me because you look like you're, you're building a cabin up there, uh, cause you got some property. So that's kind of cool. Can, uh, you explain a little bit about that, the, the lodge and everything. Cause, um, I, I I've been following you. I, I was talking to my wife about that. I'm like, Holy shit. If he builds this, I, you know what, honey, we might have to make a trip. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to, I got my map over here. I'll show you guys. I'll give you guys a little. Cool. Okay. This is my Lake of the Woods map here. So Lake of the Woods is absolutely massive. I don't yep. know how well you can see that. So this part right here is Minnesota. That's called the Northwest Angle. Mm-hmm. If you look closely on a map, there's like a really weird line that's drawn there. And that's all Minnesota, except that's Manitoba, which is really weird. So that's Manitoba. That's Minnesota. And then the rest is Ontario. So like there's good fishing in Minnesota, but Ontario is where most of the good stuff is. Anyways. I live up here in Kenora, right at the top, right up there. So right in the middle, right in that area, we bought a little piece of property on an island. And it's pretty cool because you can access it from the States. You can drive up to the Northwest Angle mm-hmm. and it's, you know, 20, 30 mile boat ride. You can go from Kenora to 20, 30 mile boat ride. And you're kind of in a nice central location. You can fish up there. You can come down to this. Like, it's just Lake of the Woods is massive. It's, you know, tough to fish all of it, but it's such, this area of the lake is so good for, walleyes bass must like everything it's just the whole lake gets narrow there so there's a lot of current mm-hmm. and um yeah so anyways my i've only lived in Kenora for a couple of years and uh when we moved to town i became buddies with with my neighbor scott green 
who has grown up here. He works in tourism and, and like he does like canoe tours and all that stuff. So he knows the area as well as anybody. And he saw this piece of property come up. He bought it with another buddy named Spencer. And then they were like in the works of, oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to do this fishing camp. You should, you should be part of it. And I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe. And I, I just didn't really pay too much attention. And then one day we, we got together and I told me more about it. And I looked a little closer. I'm like, okay, I want to be part of this. So, you know, I have always dreamt about owning, you know, a little piece of Lake of the Woods. Lake of the Woods is like one of my favorite places on earth. I'm lucky to live here, but like to actually live a place, like have a place out on an island. I think, I think it'll be, it'll be something cool aside from it being, you know, uh, a lodge and all that sort of thing. So the, just to backtrack a bit, the plan right now is we got this lot that's about an acre and we want to build like a, a cabin, a camp in Ontario, they call them camps, but like a cabin, I think a lodge isn't the right term for it. Cause a lodge, you, you picture something big with a restaurant and cooks and employees and stuff. This will be like a cabin on an Island and you can take your boat, boat to the Island and we'll rent it out for, you know, three days at a time, five days at a time, whatever it's going to be. So it'll be like an outpost camp. Eventually we want to have, this is the smaller one we're going to build this summer. We're going to hopefully break, break ground in like May, hopefully have it done by August start renting it out next year. Mm -hmm. And then probably after next year, we'll, we'll start building a bigger one. So the one right now is going to hold like four to eight people sort of thing. And um, yeah, that, that's kind of the plan. It's, it's, uh, it's super remote. It's, uh, it's not an easy place to get to into the winter in the winter. Cause there's some like dangerous ice around there. Cause there's current. Mm -hmm. So that, that adds to the, uh, I don't know, the allure as well. Cause it, it makes it that much more remote to get there in the winter even in the summer, you got to, you know, boat in, there's no roads nearby. So um, yeah, I think it'll be a cool project. And beyond that, I think it'll be like fun videos for people to follow along with. Cause I don't know, it's, it's like the fact that you can follow along with the building and then you can go and stay there. You could, you know, rent it and, and, you know, be there for a week and see that. It's going to yeah. be booked. It's going to be booked solid, man. I guarantee <laughs> it, man. Cause no, what, what are the, the main species that, that people are going to be catching in that area? I mean, like, I think off the dock on base, it's, it's a pretty cool spot because we're in a little pinch point and we, with how the lot is, we have water on each side. So one side, we have a shallow bay that has crappies, bass, probably muskies in the spring. On the other side, I bet you, you could catch walleyes and more bass. Like in that general area, I would say within five minutes of the camp, you could catch uh, a 30 inch walleye, a 50 inch muskie, yeah. a 20 inch bass, like everything. There's just everything there. Cause it's, it's such a fertile, good part of the lake. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's it, when, when I saw exactly where the property was, I was like, okay, I want to be, I want to be part of this. It's, you know, it's not like it's in some, some bad area. It's like an area where I come down to fish all the time. So perfect. Yeah. Is it? So gonna, is, uh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You finish. No, I'm just learning so much about building and stuff. I'm so clueless on all that. So I told the guys and said, I don't want to swing a hammer. I just want to film it. And you guys, uh, I'll fly the drone. <laughs> right, right. Anyways, uh, I was going to ask you, is it true that um, people get tired of catching walleyes up in your area? Because there's so many. Uh, you know what the thing about walleye fishing is like, if people only fish a couple weekends a year, they fish for walleye. That's why walleye is so popular because they're good eating. They're in pretty much all the lakes. But I think, you know, once, once people get a little more hardcore, then they like branch out and they'll musky fish and they'll do all that other, all that other stuff. Like 
bass fish. So I, I feel like 90% of the people walleye fish and they don't really get sick of catching walleyes. It's a different mindset too, because some of those people will just fish until they catch their limit and then just go home, which is just like a weird deal. Like they're there to catch fish to eat and then they're done, which has never been my mindset. But there's yeah. lots of walleyes here. Yeah, like you can catch as many walleyes as, as your heart desires. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that here. I mean, we, we, we catch walleye, but 30 inch walleye is like, blah. I don't think it's, is it, is it, have you ever seen anybody catch a 30 inch walleye here, Kit? Um, I've heard of it, but walleyes is kind of like the bonus fish for us. Like yeah. we'll catch, I know you recently you finally caught what your first white bass through the ice recently. Yeah. I, I've caught them open water, but never through the ice, but devil's Lake, we caught some real big ones, but you guys got lots down there, right? Yeah. Yeah. We got a ton of white bass down here. I think, oh, yeah. yeah, I just did my last video. That's all I caught was like little. Do you eat white bass? bass? Yeah. Um, um, I love sometimes. it. I, I mean, it, it depends. Do you, yeah. do you cut all the dark meat off of it? Um, I do if I'm not lazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, most of the time not because I mean I eat it pretty fresh with my kids because my kids love um fried fish. So yeah. and white bass is like perfect for that when I just do the when I just fillet them real quick, batter them up, and then just fry them. Yeah. Um, but there's different ways to eat. Uh, if it, depending on the size of the fish too. So I, yeah. we, we make it different ways, I guess you can say, even like with wipers, hybrid striped bass, there's yeah. different, there's different ways we, we make to eat it too. I don't know. How about yeah. you Kit? Um, I only keep the smaller white bass. So generally I don't cut out the red meat or the dark yeah. meat because, well, there's less, there's less of that stuff on the smaller fish, but typically the bigger fish, I just throw back. Yeah. Um, but you know, with that said, I was wondering, since you're, you kind of just travel all over now, because you've been to Texas, South Dakota recently. Yeah. Is, th is there any, is there any specific species that's left for you that you want to target? Oh, especially through the ice, since, oh, you know, man. we're kind of in the, the ice, ice season. Like, I, I really, I really want to do uh, some ice fishing in Europe. Like, I have some buddies and I watch their Instagram stories and they're catching big Xander through the ice. Like, I think catching a big Xander through the ice would be like, if you were like, hey, plan any ice fishing trip right now, I think that would be it. Because it's just like a walleye on steroids, right? They get to 40 <laughs> inches and they're, they're super cool and aggressive. I think that would be neat just for the, I, I love overseas travel and that sort of stuff. And I think, I, I also think ice fishing is a little bit behind in, in Europe, like in general, I feel like stuff, some techniques have, have like transferred over and I feel like ice fishing is a little bit behind. Um, not that there isn't good anglers there, but I think it'd just be cool to, you know, bring all of our tech there and, and, and do that in, in, in Europe and go catch a Xander, but there's Xanders in North Dakota too. I haven't seen some guys posting them. There's like one or two lakes that have them and people are catching them, but, um, in North America, I'm trying to think what would be cool to do. Have you gotten any catfish through the ice? Um, like incidentals I've seen like snagged, but not like people purposely catching them. They've been catching them on the red river in Winnipeg a lot this year. It's crazy seeing them swimming around a live scope and they don't want to eat because you know they're swimming around there. Like the spots where fishing has them, but I don't know. I think just a really big lake trout. I think going super far north and doing like giant, giant lake trout through the ice is always cool. Even though I've done it before, but just to some of those lakes that, you know, you never, never see pressure. I think, I think that's always like a cool thing to yeah. check off the list. Yeah, are you talking like the fish that Clayton be catching, or like even bigger fish? Even big. I mean, those are those are pretty much as big as they get. <laughs> the ones Clayton. Okay, I mean there are bigger, um, but yeah, like that's upper end 
yeah, those sorts of, those sorts of trips always interest me and they're just, they're just a lot of work, especially right now with how much snow we have. It's just like getting anywhere on the ice is insane. Yeah figures but um you were mentioning in regards to you know the europeans in regards to ice fishing to kind of lagging behind but i always hear you you always mention um you kind of look at u.s fisher men and women you you say that they're better or something like that because is it harder to catch fish up there or the pressure just less up in canada i mean what what's the biggest i guess what's the biggest difference your your population density like is just ridiculous compared to compared to where at. So it's like, you just have to be good. The fish, first off the fish are just, yeah, they're, they're so pressured. There's so much more like, you know, recreational traffic on the lake and like up here, you'll not see a boat on the water night fishing, unless it's like catfish or maybe, but you'll never see a boat out walleye fishing. When I was in green Bay a couple summers ago, there'd be like a dozen boats launching and heading out on the water while we're pulling off. And it's like that, that stuff just doesn't happen in Canada the same way. Maybe if you go around Toronto to like the most populated fisheries, mm-hmm. you'll get a taste of that. But like, man, you go to Minnesota on some of those musky lakes and there's like boats lining up to fish musky spots. There's bass lakes in, in Texas where it's like, you know, one person posts a YouTube video and there's a couple hundred boats on it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that type of stuff doesn't happen up here. Like mm-hmm. if I, if I, I could be like, Hey, I don't want to see anyone today. I could pick a hundred different lakes and not see a single person. Right. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's just like, we're, we're so lucky because I live in a town of Kenora's 15,000 people in the winter and 45,000 in the summer. So it like blows up with all the cottagers, but when there's 15,000 people and there's, there's not a lot of like hardcore anglers in, in general, there's just a lot of people that don't fish. So it's just like, you're not, you know, it, it just doesn't compare to a place like, you know, Iowa or you go to Minnesota and it's just like everybody fishes. I've heard stories of like, if you're on a good bite, you don't go back to the same spot twice because people are going to see you. If you're on like a good bluegill bite or something. And it's just like, that's, I don't, I don't really think that way up here. It's, it's different. Yeah, definitely different because we, you know, um, since the last time, cause uh, I, I listened to our previous episode, we recorded with you. I, I wasn't even recording fishing yet. Like me fishing. Now I actually record and, and post on yeah. my channel and, and with my kids and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's so funny because fishing kid, we, myself, like when we record, we don't even name where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> now we, we we got to that point because we know number one, we don't want to blow up, you know, whatever the spot oh. is at specific times or whatnot. And then number two, it's just like, man, people will be yeah, you're right. A lot of people just they will go right to that exact spot oh, that yeah. you were it's, at. It's, yeah, it's it's a double edged sword making YouTube videos too when you're trying to you know promote. Um, promote a fishery right because it's like i want to help these lodge owners some of them that have been suffering the last two years and you know with covid a lot of lodges have been shut down and it's like you get backlash it's like jay how could you promote my honey hole and it's like well i'm trying to help this business owner out with his lodge i'm not sure like and it's just it's it's always you always get that kickback it's like oh jay that's so great that you were in our backyard thanks for promoting our area and the next person's like oh you wrecked this place now everyone's coming here and it's like you can't you you can't have it all and that's just you kind of have to not read the comments at a certain point and just like, you know, I'm still, I still understand that YouTube can be detrimental fisheries to, to fisheries. Right. But then I feel like it's on me. It's on you to like educate people on proper fish handling and catch and release and selective harvest, like all those things. So it's like, I would rather, you know, keep making the videos, educate people than just, you know, not, not saying where I'm at and yeah, you know, very true. So. 
And we actually have like, um, we have a lot of the Iowa, you know, Department of Natural Resources that come onto our podcast. Cool. Um, and they actually tell us like, you know, the lakes that we go to or whatnot of, are they over harvest? You know, cause I see people post on social media all the time, like, oh, it's over harvest. And a yeah. lot of times they tell us, they go, they're not, it's not over harvest. Just, it, you know, most of these fish, specific fish too, are, are put there for you to catch and take and yeah. eat. And yeah. they, they tell us that. And that, and that was a thing. And, you know, just, I, I was talking to the, the Iowa DNR just recently. We we're just like, maybe a fisherman just had a bad day and then he yeah. sees people catching we're like yeah and then he's gonna go on the social media and post like damn it quit taking all the freaking fish you know and type yeah. of thing and and i think that's that that's the biggest thing and uh we we just literally had a a recent podcast where um we haven't released yet but we 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 actually got a chance to meet with what is it about six different states here in the midwest all their fisheries like biologists so it's kind of oh. cool we got a chance to really pick their minds you know for like 20 minutes each person and you know nice. it, it was pretty damn interesting to hear you know what every different spot has to say about their fishery so it was really cool yeah, yeah. well I, I mean like one of the videos i got the most kickback for in the last year just for one specific person was uh it, it was a lake um with splake which is a cross between a brook trout and a lake trout okay right so they're beautiful fish they get to like 25 inches and i was just showing people how i find this lake how i look at the stocking list and he's like I, I can't believe you did this and i'm like like those lakes that are stocked with those fish like you said they are our tax money is getting put to stock those lakes and they are stocked to get fished and for people to keep the fish and that's like another reason like even those lakes it's like i feel like there's even less of an emphasis on catch and release because those fish a lot of them only have a lifespan of six or seven years. Mm -hmm. So it's like, they're going to die and they're put there to be caught. And it's just like, you know, it's, uh, it's it, the dynamics are always different. If you go to a crappie lake in the middle of nowhere that has 15 year old crappies in it. Well, if you spread the word on that, people are going to fill their buckets and it's going to be dead. But yeah. I feel like it's different when it's like a fish that's tough to catch, like a splake or, or, you know, any sort of trout. And it's like, yeah. So that's, there's just always the dynamics and, and you just try to try to educate people along the way. And, but uh, yeah, I think, I think another thing on that topic of over harvest, and I was having this discussion with, with John Hoyer, who I was fishing with in North Dakota, really, really intelligent angler, like one of the best fishermen I fished with. And he just was touching on when you get into these bigger water bodies, like the spawn in the spring is way more of a determining factor of how that fishery is going to be than angling pressure. Like it being a good spawn in the spring could create every fish laying 40,000 eggs. So it's like you as a couple anglers are never going to put a dent in that. It depends on the lake. There's situations where you could put a dent in it, but I was just listening to his perspective on that. And he's like, man, some of these lakes are just so big. They're their own eco ecosystem. And you're just like a little, a little drop in the, in the mass of this lake and what's going on. Right. So. Yeah, I think I think that's the biggest thing is that every lake is different. Every body of water is completely different. So you can't take, you know, what works here is going to work there. And I think that's yeah. the biggest thing that people forget about. Yeah, that's like the biggest takeaway that I got from speaking to all our DNR guys is like, um, if the data is there to support them changing regulations, they have no reason to change anything just because like two guys on Facebook or freaking causing a ruckus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um another thing that uh i don't know if anybody noticed or i've noticed i'm pretty sure everybody has noticed if you guys have not 
follow meat eater this was cool i, I kind of wanted to ask you jay a little bit about um how you got into the meat eater thing and collab with uh with scott and everything and how did that became about because uh, i've been following that series uh you're, you're in season two are you going to do season three or how's that coming along uh yeah i was having meetings about i was having meetings about it today so i mean that will will leak a little bit that yeah there'll, there'll likely there'll likely be a season three um so that that's exciting yeah so i mean meat eater was something that i you know i was a huge fan of meat eater and and my my wife probably an even bigger fan like she she never watched really hunting or fishing shows and she found meat eater on netflix and just like binged watch all of it so it's cool that it was something we could watch together and you know, she was just right into it and it got her more interested in, in, in hunting. She was, she was interested in fishing, but so I remember like this spring, uh, got an email. I think it was like in April, April or May, uh, from, from their fish director at the time. And he was just like, Hey, I've been following your stuff. And like, I'd love to, you know, do some, do some work together. So I was like, yeah, sure. Like let's, let's chat. It, it seemed almost like fake because it was just someone I watched and I was like, this is crazy. I'm a huge fan. So yeah, then it kind of started, the relationship started with me going to um, Virginia this summer for the series called DOS Boat. So they, they, this is season three of DOS Boat, and it's this boat that travels across the states, and every stop at a different fishery, they they make some tweaks and, and whatever. So anyways, I got to be part of that, so that kind of brought me into the meat eater ecosystem, and then they're like, hey, you know, you produce your own videos, you want to produce a fishing series for us, and then kind of brainstorm the name Canadian Angle, kind of a play on me being a videographer and angling. So filmed the first season and then as like the first season wasn't even done and they're like, Hey, can you do an ice fishing season and have it done in like two months? So I was just frantic. So I was like, that was, that was a busy, busy first couple months of the winter filming the season two. And um, yeah. So anyways, making videos with them, I got to connect with them uh, in devil's Lake for one of their main, their main like flagship show, the main meat eater show is Steven Ranella this winter that was the first time meeting him because everyone thinks when you say meat eater they think Stephen Ornella because he's the face he's the guy that writes the books and everything and he he is meat eater but they're just growing things out so everyone's like oh so you know Steve I'm like I've never talked to Steve I'd like Steve's you know he's 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 a he's a famous dude right he's he's like probably the biggest name in the hunting and fishing world so I was like no I've never talked to Steve you know maybe I'll meet him one day and then I got to meet him in in uh in Devil's Lake and it was like he was awesome it was like people always say that it's like you know you watch a person enough online it feels like you know them by the time you you meet them and that's that's what it felt like with steve it's like oh, I, I know you I've, I've watched so many of your videos and so we got to share some hook sets and do some fishing together and uh, i got him to try catch and cook for the first time and so that'll make an appearance on the meat eater episode so that'll be season 11 um and uh yeah so that's that that's where things are at right now and it's just it's cool to be cool to be a part of what they're doing and um yeah for sure producing videos so isn't the so past the videos have always gone on my channel right so it's yes, it's cool it. to kind of you know hit a different audience the other thing about that is like i kind of feel like when my videos go on their channel it's like people are there to see steve it's like it's like when you're the opening band for a main musician and it's like everyone's there to see whoever that main person is and you're the opening band and they might just boo you off the stage. That's what I feel like when I'm putting these videos on the meat eater channel. Cause it's like, they didn't sign up for this. They want Steven Ornella. Why, why do they want me? So, but the reception has been, I think it's been good so far. And 
you know, it's been fun. You did a badass job. I, I loved it. I, I loved uh, every episode you did for that. So just an FYI on that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you got to give yourself a little credit. Come on now. <laughs> so speaking of catch and cook, how is that going, man? We are um, we're working on it just today. We're uh, we're redesigning our bags because I, I just happen to I, I always have a bag sitting beside me at the office, it feels like. But if you look at this bag, this is a Canadian bag, and people are like, what is picante? <laughs> right? Yes, what is and people picante? think it's actually the flavor, and I'm like, no, 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 that's just French. Because for your packaging in Canada, like this, you know, you need to have French on it. And because Canada is a bilingual nation, because yeah. we have a lot of French-speaking people in Quebec, so everything that you do in English needs to be the same size and clarity or whatever you want to call it, same prominence in, in French as in English. So that's, that's fine, whatever, that's part of it. But now we need to redesign all of our bags and we're doing American only bags. So we're going to have like, you need to have different nutritional labels and all that stuff. So like, this is our original American bag. So it's got no French. You can fit way more text on it when you only have one language. So there's just, you, you can fit more stuff on it. So anyways, right now, our graphic designer Carson is redoing all of it for like USA friendly and we're doing all the uh, leg work in to get to get good to go to be on retailers. You can you can ship online like it's not a big deal. We've been shipping into the States, but once you're dealing with big bulk amounts and going on short store shelves, then we're, we're going to redo our packaging for American and all that stuff. So we don't have, you know, issues at, at customs and all, all that stuff. So right now our goal is to, you know, take over the United States. That's our plan. There you go. No, so, we have we haven't tried the spicy yet. We we had the the original, right, Kit? I think we ordered the original. We're, we're yeah, we got the, the original. We we're, haven't we're, tried the yeah, spicy. Yeah, we're restocking. Yet. We've been out of stock for a little bit, so we're we're restocking like this week. So we'll uh, we'll send some to you guys. We'll get you the spicy and the beer batter. Oh, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's been it's been fun. We uh, we're getting into Cabela's in uh, in Canada, and then the next step is you know the states. I mean, Cabela's in Canada is kind of the biggest. There's another store store called the Fish and Hole, which is pretty big, but uh, I mean, yeah, getting into Cabela's or like, I don't know what the big ones, what are the big ones around you? Like Shields or Fleet Farm or? Um, Fleet Farm, Shields. Bass we Pro. got a Bass Pro here, but they kind of merged with Cabela's. Yeah. So yeah. It's kind of the same thing. But yeah, those are our big ones. We got a, I think, Sportsman Warehouse. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of them. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We got them. So, yeah. Too. That's that's kind of the next the next step. Because like I said, you just like your your amount of fishermen you have in the States is, is you know, 100 to 1, right? So, we've been happy with how things are going in Canada, but it's like, I I'm excited to expand into the States and see what's, what's possible there. And yeah, no, that's awesome. And then no, you're right. It's like, uh, I think fishing license has grown in the past two and a half, three years, you know, obviously with the pandemic, more and more people are getting into, I think it's 30%. I heard something like that, that's... which is just, yeah. And people, and, and a lot of people do like to eat their, eat their catch. Like there's still a lot of people that don't understand the concept of releasing fish. And I, I get that. It's if, yeah, I think it's different when you just eat fish all the time and have fish at your disposal, mm-hmm. then you're more likely to release them. But if you only fish a couple times a year, you want to keep your fish. I totally get that. And we, we still haven't beat your, was it a two minutes and seven second um, video? I like, I try, I'm like, man, that is hard as hell. You know man. what? We've had two people, two people have filmed the videos claiming they beat us. And I had to call both of them out. 
<laughs> the first person is a notable YouTuber. He's Sobi. He's a buddy of mine. Yeah. Sam Sobiak. He posted a video and the clock started once the fish was at the top of the hole. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We started the timer before we dropped the lure. So ours was from lure drop to fish coming in the boat to first bite a fish. And then another person the other day did the same thing. They, they counted the timer from when they set the hook to got it on the ice. I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's whatever. Right. Uh, I, what, one of my buddies, Austin, he sent me an iPhone clip. He was by himself at a fishing lodge in Northern Manitoba. And he did legitimately beat the record by himself. Ooh. So Josh, Josh and I are going to have to beat it yet, but uh, yeah. you need some hot oil and it's kind of dangerous on a boat, but it's fun. Yeah. All right. We, we might have to do something like that, kid. We, we might have to do something real quick and see if we can do it on ice. We'll, we'll, we'll record once we drop the lure, right? That, that, that's I think Josh, big... Josh and I are going to do some sort of contest yet. I think, uh, <laughs> I think we need to do some sort of, uh, you know, world's fastest catch cook contest. And uh, <laughs> there's discrepancy too, because I think if you like made enough of a, of a grand prize for it, someone would just start like eating a raw fish. They just bite the head <laughs> off of it. <laughs> oh right skip the cook part just catch yeah, it yeah exactly like how do you how do you know how do you know if the fish is cooked as soon as it hits the oil you could just pull it out and eat it and that's and true soon people are going to be getting tapeworms so <laughs> that defeats the point of the whole concept but you're right yeah, I, I, I can see it happening though you're yeah. right <laughs> are you because i i think i heard uh on the the podcast you're on the other day so once you have your son are yes. you looking to record with him while you fish? Yeah, like, I, I think so. I mean, have, was that a thought process for you? Or were you like, yeah, it's, it was just a no-brainer. I'm going to do it. It was a no-brainer. And the reason being is um, I was just going to record whenever because my thing is, okay, life is short. I You never know what's going to happen, right? Yep. And my thoughts are if I record something with my kids out, we do something, whatever the case may be, they can always go back. Hey, that was me and dad. That was, you know, I don't honestly like, I mean, granted, I would love the channel to blow up. It'd be great. But yeah, my kids can just go back and watch that. Hey, that shit was cool. You know, look look what we got to do with that. It was like, it's so much fun. That is what my end goal was. That's cool. That's, that's the same. I mean, you know, my, my YouTube stuff is morphed, but that's kind of the, the, uh, the reason from day one, it was like, I want to look back on these memories and, you know, before there were sponsors where there was anything, it was like. You know, and sometimes it's like, I got to get back to that. And it's like, I, I have a list right here of videos, like meaningful videos I want to make this summer. And I want to make one like about my grandpa or an ode to my grandpa. My grandpa's like the reason I got into fishing. He's 88 now. Mm. And I was talking to Sam about it. And it's like, I got to do it this summer because who knows how long he can be in a boat. Like I want him to be part of it. I want him to, you know, tell some stories. I want to share some footage of us fishing together or film some. So it's like, you know, I don't, that isn't going to be a viral video and that's fine. Like, it's just, it's a memory that I want to have that'll be a keepsake. And so like, yeah, I think having the keepsake for, for, you know, memories with my kid will be great. Some people could argue, should it go on YouTube or not? I'm like, well, if, if my kid, when he's old enough, he's like, you know what? I I don't want to be on the videos. Well then, then you don't have to. I think some people say, well, I'd wait till my kid's old enough to make a decision. Um, But there's lots of channels out there where there's families doing things and, I also, I've from day one, I've always wanted my channel to be relatable because I think sometimes videos can just very quickly not become relatable. And I think the most relatable thing on my channel is probably when Sam comes on because she just like holds me accountable and she doesn't pretend to be some sort of pro angler. And she's just, 
she's just Sam. She's just calls it as it is. So it's like, I like that relatable factor. I know other people I think do from, from comments and stuff. So it's like, I, if, if you see me struggling with a kid and trying to figure out how to parent and go fishing and all of that, like bring it on, you know, mm -hmm. things are going to change. I'm not going to fish 12 hour days. I'm going to fish half an hour and then I'm going to have to change a diaper or go to shore or whatever's going to happen. But it's like, I think that's real. And I think it's a struggle, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'll be asking you for advice shortly. That's, that's my world, <laughs> man. No, I mean, <laughs> obviously, you know, you, you want to wait till they're a little older so they can go potty, but I, I, yeah. I, I never took them out when they were in diapers yet. So, but, um, nah, you're right, man. I just, it's one of those things, like I said, there's, there's no manual. You just do it, yeah. man. And then they, my kids ended up enjoying it. And yeah. one of, one of my daughters, my, my second oldest, she's like infatuated with ice fishing now. She just yeah. loves it. And she's excited when I even mentioned it, she's like, Oh shit. Yeah, let's go. And then yeah. we got a camera and then she's like, obviously she's meant for the camera. She just loves it and everything. So it's, it's you How know, old is she? uh, Scotty is, she just turned what set eight. Holy nice. cow. Well, don't ask us. I don't know. <laughs> I almost, I almost butchered. Did she turn eight? No, wait, seven, seven, seven. Oh shit. <laughs> seven. Do, she just turned four seven. Kids? I have four. So Scotty just turned seven. My oldest Damon, she's turning nine um, in a couple weeks here. And then uh, my third, she is four. And then my youngest just turned two. Wow. It's an, it's insane, man. You should see my, ask it. My household's insanity. <laughs> I, I, I shit you not, but you know, I wouldn't change it for the world, but I think, I think it makes me a better person, makes me a better fisherman. Cause I, 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 I kid you not. I think because I have to focus on catching fish to feed them. <laughs> I think, yeah. That's my excuse. I get to go fishing so I can that's help good. feed, feed the family, man. Yeah, that's my good. <laughs> um, there was a question, Kit. I think you wanted to ask Jay before, you know, we get too far in that you want to ask him if, oh, if they're going to do or that question is for later. I'm oh, saving okay. the, the big one for the end. Is but, it about 39 hours season three? Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But before before yeah. we get there, before we get there, you you've been using LiveScope for what the past couple of years, I'd say at least. I think I've had it. I got it August. Um, I've had it for two. I got it August of twenty, August of twenty twenty. I've had it for like a two years almost, or a year and a half. So I, I want to know what your thoughts are on the lvs 34 lvs 34 yeah i i was yeah. just like just before this call i was looking at it um it looks it looks good it sounds like it's clear i mean i don't think it's going to be revolutionary better i think uh i think garmin's i think garmin already had the best you know live imaging so if this is better then it's just like they're furthering the, the gap but uh i mean it looks good yeah you know i've, yeah. I've had a chance to try all three now and I don't even I, I don't even understand how it could get any better, really. Right. Well, I I think some people online they were kind of like they were kind of miffed, like, oh, why? Like this seems just to be a iteration of what was already out there. Well, you know, if they were expecting to be able to put in perspective mode without turning the transduce, I don't know. Some people just had these expectations that they that set were, for yeah. themselves. Yeah, I I look at it as like um, how. Garmin had the GT, what, 54 to 56. It's like, okay, it's just, they're just iterating on that same technologies. Yeah, like, I think, I think the fact that they're black box, it's the same black box, right? From what I've seen. Yep. So I think the fact that the, G, the GLS module is the same, I think it would take that module to change to really make crazy changes. 
but like I, I I've said this I've been saying this for a while and I actually saw it show up in some iCast video but I said I think the next generation of sonar is going to be like your overhead display like a flight like a fighter jet you're going to have glasses on and when you turn you're going to get a three-dimensional view of what's going on and I, I remember I've told this couple buddies and I'm like I don't have the, the design or I don't know how to do this, but I said, that is going to be the next thing. And I, I kept telling buddies that, and then I watched some iCast video and there's a company that has very similar technology to that, that like you look and it'll actually show you the depth contour where you're looking. And can you imagine if wherever you looked, your live scope was pinging? So if you looked over here, you're looking a hundred feet over there, a hundred feet ahead. Like that's, that's what's next. That was exactly my daughter's stock. So I, I have the old, the well not the old but the, the the original panoptics yeah and we were just using using it and my daughter's like hey dad why can't we just like exactly what you're saying why yeah. can't we see like you know just looking over there instead of just looking at a screen like yeah. like that is exactly it in the in the, the, the glasses i can yeah dang you guys are smart man you guys know way more than me i was like <laughs> i'm like honey i don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon but i go and then i went back to think about it, like holy shit that would be revolutionary right there yeah 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 that'd be like the next big step being able to see where a fish is too and where a tree is in the water oh just, yeah dude that'd be insane it's gonna happen it's totally i mean like yeah is that too far people are saying live scope is too far now no i was <laughs> the question the question uh when we, we did a, a meat eater podcast and we were out in, in devil's lake and 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 steve asked he's like so if, if live scope became illegal tomorrow, would you, or if live scope went away tomorrow, how would you feel? Like, would you be okay with it? And my co-host, she was like, yeah, I'd be fine with it. And I'd be like, no, no, no. I want to keep it. I, I like it too much. It makes you appreciate the fishing scenarios where you're not scared, staring at a screen. Like when I'm fishing a, a river or sight fishing or tip up fishing or um, fishing super shallow, and I'm not relying on it. I appreciate that a little bit more because I'm not glued to the screen when I'm glued to the screen and I can like pick off individual fish and tell how big they are and pull it away from, pull it away from some fish and cast it at others. Like, I don't know. It's I, I'm a techie person. You know, I like computers. I like camera gear. I like the fishing electronics. And I also feel like if you're a techie person, it favors you to get good at those technologies. Right. Mm -hmm. You're a guy that's been fishing the Bassmaster for 30 years and this technology comes out and you're like, I don't really like using electronics. If you don't conform to it, you're going to just, you're not going to keep up. You're not going to win tournaments. Like you watch some of those, you watch some of those tournaments and the guys that aren't sponsored by some of these companies, you'll see that their graphs hidden. They'll have like two of one brand and then like the, the, the live imaging underneath and they're like doing sneaky <laughs> stuff. And like, it's just, you know, and that's, that's just the nature of it. Like people know that you, the live imaging, if you don't have it, it's uh it's tough to keep up on in some of those situations. You don't need it to fish. If you're fishing competitively and fishing tournaments, yeah, it's going to give you an edge. If you're going out fun fishing, it's not going to catch you exponentially more fish. Like a flasher is going to give you exponentially more fish than, you know, nothing. Like it, a live scope, you learn a lot about the fish. I, don't, I think if a fish comes under your cone angle, whether it's a flasher or whether it's live scope, I think if you, you know, have some sense on how to jig, you're going to catch that fish. I think live scope's good when you're like learning about, you know, why that fish is there and how the fish are moving in and just like all of that stuff. So I don't know. I do, like it. Do you ever find yourself 
uh, looking for stuff more than fishing. Cause that's what I've, that's what I found myself doing. I'm, I'm like looking for structure and looking for like a cut up, break up a break or a brush pile and drilling 30 holes, just looking yeah. for stuff. You versus know, like just I, fishing. There's unique, there's some situations where like the fish won't really show up or where you kind of need to wait it out. Um, but sometimes like when I was in Texas live scoping, I was like, man, we just need to start fishing. We weren't seeing fish on the live scope. I'm like, we just need to start fishing. We started fishing and like, didn't really catch any. And I'm like, okay, I guess we got to trust the live scope. And we kept going. And finally we saw fish on the live scope and then we started crushing them. And it's just like, the live scope doesn't lie. There are situations, like I would say perch that are belly to the bottom or walleyes that are kind of like on a, on a evening bite when they're sliding up shallow like you moving around isn't going to help anything you're going to sit on that spot and you're going to watch the fish come in um perch sometimes you don't mark them because they're belly to the bottom burbot you don't mark them because they're belly to the bottom sometimes so there's some situations where yeah i don't i don't th i think you may as well just start fishing but if you're looking for crappies suspended or you know maybe white bass suspended i don't know how the white bass act around you but like then you may as well just keep drilling holes and looking with the live scope so mm -hmm. You've, you ever caught a, a hybrid striped bass or a wiper through the ice yet? Not a wiper through the ice. No, I've caught wipers. Actually, where I was in, in Texas, mm. they uh, they used to stock wipers in their one lake, and uh, we crush those. They're fun. They fight so hard. But yeah, do they don't they don't reproduce around you, eh? They're just they're stocked and they're sterile and they die. Yep, pretty much. And they stock them, and they get. They, they get pretty decent size here, um, but catching through the eye. Oh, that was, see, that was the thing, because I knew you were, you were in Texas. Like, he's coming back up. Like, man, maybe he should swing right by, because we for a while, like, we had a decent uh, wiper bite through what, the ice. What's, what's your, what city are you guys in? We're in Des Moines, cent Central, the oh, capital. you're in Des Moines? Okay. Yeah, but but where we were catching was not around here. I mean, I mean it, was, it was nearby. You, yeah, don't like, to, you don't need to you don't need to give away the spot we won't <laughs> <laughs> but no i was i was thinking I, was like, oh, I should have hit you up but i know you were busy but des moines, I was like, des moines i'm looking at the map here yeah like we we go through omaha uh, um but des moines isn't too far no isn't too far off the des moines from omaha is about an hour and 30 hour and 45 minutes or so um yeah but there's a yeah no i was like uh it would have been cool to, to to get you to to catch a hybrid through the ice that would have been that would have been interesting oh yeah yeah totally we've been we've been doing pretty good with the hybrids through the yeah. through the ice this season yeah this, this guy did really good it, my buddies did good i i only caught a, a couple but these guys were just on it through the ice this year do they suspend or how do they act i feel like they oh. would suspend and cruise around they don't they they well they cruise around but they hug the bottom really yeah mm -hmm. they kind of follow the channels pretty much yeah That's he was cool. i think i think you guys are you're jigging pretty hard this year for them, huh, kid? Like, like you, you don't just like dead stick. Or I don't know. Were you catching them on dead sticking it, or were you jigging uh, pretty both, hard? Both with spoons and uh, well, dead sticking whole minnows. But uh, man, those freaking hybrids! Uh, I told myself like last season, all I all I caught all winter was basically bluegills and a few crappies. I told myself this season, no panfish. I'm not gonna target panfish. Get out of here, panfish. I mean, I love panfish. If that's all I'm going to catch, but I told myself yeah. this year, I'm going to be targeting those more predatory species like catfish, hybrid striped bass, especially the hybrid striped bass. Because what was your biggest this winter? Hybrid striped bass, maybe five pounds or something. Nice. 
But yeah. biggest catfish was I think just over ten pounds. Nice. So not 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 too bad. Not too bad. No. That's I fun. would have been happy with that. I didn't catch that. Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't go as much as I do. True. True. I, I only got to go out. But but like I said, no, it was kind of um my my goal this year was to to really try some new new bodies of water around around here that I never really yeah. got a chance to. Uh, so we did that this year, um, and it it paid off. It was it was pretty cool. It really paid off. And um, next year we got to get you down. If you come down to the states, Jay, we got to take you. I, I want to get you. We we want to be the podcast that gets Jay Siemens a wiper a, through the ice. A wiper yeah. through the ice. Yeah, I think that'd be. I think they must fight like crazy. Oh, it's so fun. It's, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I've never caught a lake trout through the ice, but I think. I, the guys, pound. when I was catching wipers, the, or sorry, the, the white bass, the guys were saying that this is like very similar to lake trout fishing, just how they act and react to the bait and stuff. Yeah, yeah. but the wipers fight, I would say pound for pound, they fight twice as hard as the white bass does. Really? Yeah. That's they cool. just, yeah, they just dig and dig going runs. Uh, I don't know how that compares to lake trout because all the lake trout videos I watch, man, they just, they just go crazy. But. Oh, yeah, lake trout are cool. Yeah, we'll do it. We we gotta, I'll get in touch with you, Jay. We gotta get this. We gotta make it happen. You gotta catch a wiper through the ice. I wanna I wanna see the 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 surprise and the face smile. It'd be kind of cool. I wanna do you. it all. Yeah, no, that that sounds fun. I had such a blast doing the white bass through the ice. My buddies were like, they they just they're fired up because like people like some people don't appreciate it. I'm like, I wanna catch everything through the ice. You know, there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing below me. I wanna do it all. I'd catch a catfish through the ice, catch a bullhead through the ice. I don't care. Yeah, just yeah. do it all. White bass are underappreciated, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Hey, can you tell us a little bit about your trip. And so, so if, if if anyone go check out Jay's channel, because um you were you were in South Dakota, um how was that? Because uh, we have a lot of listeners up there in South Dakota. We were in and, North Dakota actually. Or no, we're on, North Dakota. We're Devils, yeah. Yeah. So how was that? And like, what? I I know what you were going after, but how was it? How was the fishing there compared to where you live? um fishing was great like i i would what blows my mind is i grew up like an hour and a half from devil's lake and i never went there it was always on my radar i want the reason i wanted to go to devil's lake all the years is from watching some in fisherman episodes when doug stangy went there and hammered the white bass obviously the perch were popular the walleyes were popular but it was like the white bass fishing intrigued me because it was an hour and a half from home they were crushing them and it just looked like cool fishery i hadn't been to devil's lake ever so i knew the history of it and you know being the flooded farmland and all that stuff um so i spent a couple days fishing with my buddy john hoyer and a couple of his local buddies and got to learn the lake a little bit and then the mediator crew rolled in and we did a couple days so probably the highlight for me of the entire trip was uh pike spearing they do pike spearing out there cutting the big dark sight fishing hole and uh, i'd never i'd never been a part of that so it was, it was pretty unique and uh yeah it's just just a good trip it was like got to meet a bunch of new people, got to fish a new lake, new town. Like that's, that's what I live for that sort of stuff. Um, you know, the fishing's part of it, but it's just everything that comes along with it. Cause you know, I've been home for a lot in the past two years. So it was good to do a, a trip to the States and it felt like things were, things were back to normal. So yeah, Devil's Lake is awesome. It's such a fishing town. Like that town, I think they said in the winter, there's like 150 to 200 guides on that one lake, ice fishing guides. So it's like, wow, you go to Lake Winnipeg, massive massive ocean of a lake there's like five guides <laughs> you know crazy. Yeah. there might be more than that but really it's maybe may like 15 or 20 i'm not sure 
Yeah. But then you go down to Devil's Lake, there's 150. It's it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny that you mentioned the uh the 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 pike spearing huh kit because we, we we literally like I said we we had uh the fishery the DNR from from North Dakota and South Dakota they were talking about that kit. Yeah. What did they have to say about it? Um, it's one of those things where you have to be the, it's something that you should experience. It's yeah. like a, a, a cultural, uh, it totally is. Yeah. It, it, you have to kind of go there and take in, he was, he sold me on it. Like, man, I kind of want to, I really want to go check it out. And he's like, yeah, he goes, it, it, it only happens here. And, and everybody really, it's, it's some, it's, it's very important to them. It's spiritual and just, it's, it's just a cultural thing that they do up there. So it's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was good. Uh, you know, I wouldn't want to spear a pike over 35 inches or something. Like, I feel like even 30, like anything over 30, yeah, 35 inches would kind of probably be a cutoff for me, but like these guys are telling stories of spearing 40 inch pike and it's like, well, they're not even good to eat at that point. And it's like, what, what do you, what do you need a fish that big for? So I, I wouldn't be a fan of that, but I mean, like we had the decoy of these wooden decoys, right. For those of you that aren't familiar with pike spearing, you have a big hole that's four feet by three feet this giant trident and then you've got it this wooden decoy on the string and you're just ripping it and the decoy darts back and forth and back and forth and like twice while we were in the shack the pike came and ate the decoy and then and then he speared he missed it the first time and then he speared it the second time and it was like wow it's pretty cool interesting yeah. so it was yeah. a lot of fun. i think one of those uh dnr guys i can't remember if he was from michigan or wisconsin but they spear sturgeon yep which is uh Wisconsin, super unique. Yeah, yeah Wisconsin. Yeah. Wisconsin. I, I don't think Lake, outside Lake of Wisconsin. Yeah. I don't think outside of Wisconsin. I don't think that's really a thing in other states, is it? No, I think it's it's a very, like you said, cultural thing. I was just talking to one of the meat eater guys today, and he he has family out in Lake Winnebago and they do the sturgeon spearing and they might get one or two a season sort of thing, but they got one this season. He said it was 70 over 70 inches, the one they got this year. Wow. Man. That fish is he probably said, like he said the water was so dirty that they were spearing off of the underwater cameras and not by sight. So they would wait till they saw the fish on the camera, not even visually because the water was so dirty. Wow. That takes some trust in your equipment that you're yeah. <laughs> pointed in the right direction. And Yeah. No, speaking of cameras, because I mean, I, I saw a couple of your videos and everything because your camera is like super clear and you can see is, is the water just that much clearer up there because in, at least in here in central Iowa, it's so hard to find a good clear water to get a good content in regards to camera for yeah. know, fish underground. The, uh, the underwater stuff is so, it's so difficult because you need, you need the perfect storm, right? You need clear water. And even if you have clear water, the fish need to be shallow, shallow being like, once your camera gets to 25 feet, it's pretty dark. And then it's the time of day, right? So you can have clear water. You can have, you know, good fishing in six feet of water. But the problem might be is that those fish only come into six feet of water when the sun gets low and then you lose your light. So like it's, it has to be the perfect storm of everything. Like I, I did a perch video, the most recent one I posted, we were catching them in six feet of water in a crystal clear lake and they were perch and they feed in the middle of the day. So that, that was great. Pike a lot of the time, you know, some of Clayton Schick's pike footage. It's the middle of the day when pike are eating, they're shallow and, and clear lakes. You lake trout, Sometimes you can catch them deeper, but those lakes are super clear. So you can have visibility in 50, 60 feet of water through your underwater camera, which just isn't a thing. So it, it really is lake dependent. And there's a reason why, you know, a lot of the videos, we just don't have underwater footage because it's just not worth it. You know, you make sacrifices to, it's like, 
you, you have to kind of pick spots strategically around if you want to try to get underwater footage. So very true, but it's fun when it all comes together. Like, I, I don't know. I think from a viewing standpoint, I don't think there's anything better than, I think it's a toss up between sight fishing or underwater footage. Like for me as an angler, I think sight fishing is more fun. I don't know the underwater. Anytime you see a fish bite, it's good. Live scope's good, but seeing them bite on the underwater camera is next level. So yeah, I can watch underwater footage all freaking day. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got one underwater footage uh video. And in Iowa, our all our lakes are pretty much dingy. Yeah. And, and people are like, you should do this for every video. Like, well, yeah. not every lake I go to is like this clear. Yeah. And this clear for Iowa is maybe four feet of visibility. That's clear for Iowa. Yeah. But uh, but that perch video of yours was pretty cool. There's so much fish. Like, oh my it god was, it was like i didn't know how many fish because people always exaggerate how many fish they can't catch like oh we caught 100 we caught 150 and normally i wouldn't count or even try but at the end of the day when we had our bucket full of keepers between us and the other shack we counted them and we're like well we had 50 keepers and conservatively we caught five little ones for every keeper so i'm like that's 250 fish we caught between the two shacks and we probably caught more, but it was just like, we were, it was also cool to see how like the little perch would disappear and the big one would come in and just eat the bait. Like they acted very differently when you watch them on the camera. But my next, my next video is like so much underwater footage. Same, like, kind of, like I said, it was six feet of water, a shallow prairie lake. And uh, yeah, we got pike, we got perch, we got walleye all underwater strikes. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Cool, man. Um, my last question is, uh, so What's in store for Jay Siemens coming up in the next, let's just say, two years? What 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 are you looking to do? Whether, I mean, your your channel, meat eater, catching cook. Oh, what are you looking to do, man? I'm just I'm curious because you know I, I'm a fan of yours, so I just want to know what, what's going through your mind. What are you looking to do in the next couple of years? What oh. besides having the baby? <laughs> definitely, definitely trying to be the best dad I can be. Um, yeah, what does that look like? I mean, catch and cook is always a passion project. I, I don't see that going anywhere. Um, you know, uh, stuff with Meat Eater, continue doing that. It's it's tough. Like YouTube, YouTube favors uploading a lot of content. It favors regularity. It favors, you know, you're posting two times a week, once a week sort of thing. And uh, as an artist, as you know, a creative person, I always want to like, I like doing the films, like the longer style format and experimenting. And, you know, I, I, I don't mind going out and filming a video and, and turning that half day into a, into like a half day of fishing into a video, mm -hmm. but I'm like, you know what? I, I want to experiment. I don't want to just get stuck in a formula because you, sometimes you see that with, with, you know, creators and, I try to watch non-fishing stuff too. So I don't get stuck in a rut either. Like I, I really don't watch that much fishing YouTube. Very, very little. Um, just because I don't, I don't want to get stuck in that system. I know that like that it happens and a lot of my videos have similarities, but it's like, how can I, how can I do something different? How can I change it? And uh, how can I make fishing appealing to people that don't watch fishing videos? Cause I always, I make fun of it all the time. I'm like, who wants to watch somebody fish? I always think it's funny that people are watching the videos. It's like, but like, I mean, I'm that person. I, 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 I grew up watching fishing videos. Right. So it's just like, I'm just, you know, 
it's it's something I'm I'm always just trying to keep it fresh, try yeah. to figure out what's next. I don't want to just be stuck in in a rut. And uh, not that I'm in a rut, but it's just like I I like I like testing the waters and seeing you know what works, what doesn't. I respect that. <laughs> so yeah, I want to make videos like I I like making the longer style film videos that tell a story and and they're just I think that much more special to look back on, you know. Makes sense. When you. You got anything else, Kit, for Jay? Uh, yeah, well, first off, I want to say thanks for coming on, Jay. You know, we you really know, appreciate it. And congrats to all your milestones, the meat eater stuff, 100K, the baby. Thank and you. I just want to get the big elephant out of the room because I know we're going to get a bunch of blowback if we don't ask. Next season, 39 hours. Is it happening? And when can we expect it? <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll, okay, well, there isn't a 39 hour season three, nothing, nothing planned right now. I, I, this might have to get edited out later. I'll <laughs> talk to some other people. So this might be the end of the podcast. If you heard just to go silent right now, it's the end of the podcast. All right. There is a fishing competition in the works with multiple creators. And that's pretty much all I can say. Okay. But okay. it will not be 39 hours but I think it has the potential to be something pretty cool. So it's, uh, it's, it's not 100% in stone, but there's, there's the potential of, of a competition and I, I'll, I, you, we'll have to talk before this goes online. Okay. But no, that, that's it. I think uh, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't go up this winter anyways. It'd be something for next winter, but uh, yeah. I don't that's, think you gave uh, too that's much. Good. That's, that's a good, good teaser. Yeah. It's a just good a teaser. Bit. Yeah. Just a little teaser that it could happen. You never know. I mean, yeah, there might be something. There you go. It's, it's better than oh no, it ain't happened. No. No. <laughs> People know, like uh, I will say straight up, it's it's not a thirty nine hours. Um, just yeah. just to not uh, to to be honest, but uh, no, I don't know. I, I I like competition. Like competition's good. Yeah. And uh, I think it's cool. I always think it's cool bringing bringing channels together, and you know, because we're all in the same community. And we all work together and sometimes it, it feels like, you know, it might be competitive, but it's like, no, we're all doing the same thing. We're all, you know, living, living, living our dreams and doing what we like to do. And we're very blessed to do it. So, yeah. Very true. And, and, you know, it, it, it props to you guys. The reason why we get or people just ask you guys this is because it's, that's how good 39 hours was. You know what, I'm saying? Uh, well, you know what I, I mean? mean? That, it, it makes me feel good. Yeah. Like season two is, yeah we, we were really happy with how that one went i mean season one too yeah and it's it's uh yeah it, it was a lot of fun it's like you said it's cool memories to look back on yeah. and what i loved about 39 hours is like i had non-fishing friends following along on it and that's what like that's what i was going back to is like how can i get people into the sport of fishing and that cracked the code a little bit i think a little bit so it's just like trying to figure that out so yeah you, you, I'm, I'm t I kid you not, man. It, it's a big cult following, I guess you can say, but I mean, it's, it's a huge one. And like I said, props to you guys to, to be able not only to, to capture specific moments, but just to be able to entertain and just be yourselves. You can kind of tell, you, you can tell everybody that was on season one and season two, you guys were just the, everybody was themselves. There was yeah. no, no fluff animated or anything like that. So that, I think that was the biggest thing that i at least i took from it that it was just yeah. you guys you guys were just honestly yourselves so that's yeah. cool yeah thank you so we'll see yeah. we'll see right maybe we'll see <laughs> maybe one day 
there maybe one day but uh no honestly other than that man uh jay super congrats to everything that you've done uh, congrats to you guys 100 100 episodes next time well i don't want to say it's going to be a thousand because i'll probably be on before you hit a thousand but whatever well i'm sure you're, you're on your track we're, we're on the track but you know what that i i guess the big milestone is that we've never missed a week we never missed That's an episode crazy. do you do you double up sometimes or will you just always we we've actually um actually this is a crazy thing we we've actually even released uh, a few extra episodes here and there really um yeah but we've never missed a week we we release every monday and we haven't missed a week for the last what get year and a half, almost two years now it's gonna um, it's almost two two years now almost yeah two years we haven't almost missed years. haven't missed a week and then that's people, wild yeah and pe- people want more but i'm just like dude i got four kids it's not like i'm getting rich off this i just drinking <laughs> beer i'm just drinking beer and just talking drinking fishing beer and talking about fishing yeah yeah you know but i love it this is um the the greatest part of this podcast is i get to meet people like you but i get to meet people who can inform me and teach me how to become a better fisherman and how to really enjoy the sport and just and have fun with it and enjoy yeah. this part so that that's the biggest part i get to meet nice. people like you guys and and that's cool that's cool to that's me that's great it's priceless like it. but no other than that man congratulations on everything that you've done and thank you keep grinding keep doing what you're doing uh we'll we'll, we'll follow you and uh other than that man thank you so much jay appreciate it bro thanks guys have a good one thank you cheers